This is unbelievable. Uh, welcome to the Pitch Podcast, where I'll introduce our very special guest in a moment, our A-League men's side, preparing to take on Central Coast Mariners. The first leg of our semi-final matchup is at Cooper Stadium Saturday night, or if you're listening to it on Saturday, it's tonight. If you're listening to it on Sunday, it was last night. If you're listening to it in the year 2030, it was seven years ago. So we will be reflecting on that. Um, and a, a person that I've been very much looking forward to speaking with, I believe, I don't want to embarrass you, but I feel is the heart and soul of this football club, and that is Ryan Kiddo. Mate, thank you for joining us at Cooper Stadium. We're literally sitting in the corner at the northwest end of the stadium. It's pretty surreal just sitting here and doing this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I suppose you don't get too many opportunities to reflect and look at your workplace. And yeah, pretty lucky to go out there and run around every day. When you look at your workplace, I actually um, work for myself. So I was sitting in my car this morning on my laptop and that was my workplace. So for you to look out and see, you know, the potential to have around 15,000 people at your workplace must be pretty good. We'll get to um, a match preview very soon as we prepare to take on the Mariners. We got unfinished business against them. We played them a couple of weeks ago. What did you take away from the Wellington game, mate? I felt that we looked organised. I felt that we we brought some players back in who had an instant impact and... um, it certainly was, in my opinion, a representation of the Adelaide United we have come accustomed to this season. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair reflection. Um, it was a good professional performance, I thought. Um, very important to keep a clean sheet. Uh, it was very disappointing to concede eight goals in two games. So as a back four and uh, Joey as a goalkeeper, we definitely set a goal of keeping a clean sheet for that game. And that didn't just involve us, that involved everyone, the entire eleven, and those who came on doing their job and I thought it was just everyone did their job well and um, able to create a few chances. Could have had a few more, but we'll take the 2-0 win and look forward to Central Coast. I had a a brief chat to Craig Goodwin at the end of the game at Cooper's um, on Friday last week and Louis Dorigo came up and said, this is what we're all about, a clean sheet. So... Um, what you just said then really stands out for me because I feel that it's all well and good scoring goals, but not to concede any was something that I'm sure that you're all really satisfied with because, yes, Joe is the last person the ball passes, but it still takes a team effort to score goals and concede them. Yeah, definitely, and it takes the entire 11, and I thought that's what we did well that game. Everyone did their role, and um, we made sure we kept the distances between the lines really tight, which we hadn't done in, in, in recent weeks. We had managed to get stretched, which made it very difficult um, for us to put pressure on the ball. So, um, yeah, it's just something that we corrected well, and now it will be important against Central Coast that we uh, have the same effort and more. You've just walked out of a, a bit of treatment, which is normal what happens with a, a footballer. It's been a really long season. It's felt like a long season. Obviously, it was interrupted with um, the, the international break for the FIFA World Cup where um, we had Goody who was doing amazing things. But what sort of a, a toll does a long season have on your body? And individually for you, Like, what's a, what's a footballer's injury for you? Um, I suppose... When I was young, I always got told um, if you only played when you were 100%, you'd probably play two, three games a year. Yeah. So the reality is we always have little niggles and things we're carrying. So it's just about using the facilities we have and the people we have to make sure we stay in the best possible condition we can. So, yeah, just before game days, I just like to make sure if I have any little niggles, I try to nip them in the bud so that tomorrow it's just full focus on the game. But your version of a little niggle for me might be I would never play sport again because I'm, I'm quite physically and mentally week so uh do you have sore spots and then how long does it normally take for you to recover from a game 
Right now, I have a few four spots, sore spots, but I don't want to go into great detail yeah, with yeah. them because it could cause a few problems for me over the next few weeks. Yes. But um, yeah, it's just I suppose our hips take a massive load. Yeah. It's probably an area where all of us struggle. So just about loosening them up, getting a few needles here and there, a lot of soft tissue massage, that sort of thing, ice baths where we can. Um, I suppose everyone has their own little routine of what they like to do, and for me, it's just game day before the game. Sorry, just making sure my my hips are real loose and. Um, hopefully enable me to run up and down that line. Because you're rarely subbed off, so you, you regularly will play the, the full 90 minutes at, at a minimum. Is that something you pride yourself on? Um, uh, you never gas out, which I love. I mean, I talk about the heart and soul of the team. Your your work rate is second to none, but but not all footballers can play 90 minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it doesn't look like that, because I can tell you some weeks I am a bit gassed. Um, it's, I suppose that's my role in the team. Everyone has their role, and it's about me bringing energy, working hard, doing all those little 1% things. I'm lucky to have the best player in the league in front of me, so if I can reduce his workload and make him be in the best possible areas to be damaging for our team, then that's my job, and that's what I pride myself on doing. So Goody wins our uh, Aurelio Vidmar medal. is the, the award winner, and he wins it for the third time, um, his second year in a row. You say, obviously, the best player in the league. Tell us about Craig Goodwin. I, I love looking at statistics because they only offer um, a little bit. I love watching the evolution of Craig Goodwin as a leader when I, I make light of it. You know, he was this, this kid who couldn't really get a game at Melbourne Heart. He was working at a KFC while living with a Greek family trying to pay the rent. And to be honest, like when I first met Craig Goodwin, not once did I look at him and think leader. I, I didn't. And it sounds offensive, but I mean it in the nicest way possible to see his journey means he's evolved into not only an incredible player, um, but he's become, in my mind, like a really well-rounded player too, where his focus isn't just scoring goals. It's bringing everybody in the team in to get a result. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're very lucky to have him and Craig definitely has evolved as a leader in my time with him. I've always been very lucky to have a very close and good relationship with him and the way he's uh, taken his game to another another level with the responsibility I think is a credit to him and obviously at the moment he's just confident, feeling good and when you're confident and feeling good you can give good advice and, and have a good impact on game day and I think Craig, the leader, is one who wants to always lead by example, and that's really important within our group. You know, he's always trying to train hard, do all the right things, and come game day, he's not taking shortcuts either. So, I think that's the most important part of Craig. And then, obviously, the uh, his level of communication has definitely grown in the last couple of years, and how he can get his message message across to players, not only in the change room but on the field, to make any adjustments is uh, key to our success. I love the awards night a couple of weeks ago at Jackson Square. Congratulations to Goody once again and um, Dylan Holm the Dyer Alligator Award winner. Um, you picked up a couple of awards, which I'm sure you're really proud of, and of course celebrating a, a milestone with the club. But then it, it turned into um, the Remo Paris Best Club Person Award where yourself um, and Eleni Voznakis, who looks after the women's team, were joint winners. What does that mean to you, mate? I know I asked you the question on the night of the awards, but I, I can tell it's a, it's a really significant award for everybody part of the club. Yeah, definitely. Um one I'm very proud of and obviously Remo had a great impact on our club and I described him when I was a young boy coming into into the change room. He was he was the life of the change room. Always had such a smile on his face and really brought the energy and I suppose in terms of me evolving also as a person and coming uh, becoming a club man that say I've realised as I've got older the importance of community engagement and 
um, how big an impact that can have on young people and, and also assist the club in um, achieving what they want to achieve. So I suppose not just on the field, off the field, I try to be involved in as many ways as I can and inspire as many players and then hopefully encourage them to want to be a part of the Adelaide United family. So following your football journey to come back to Adelaide United, so you started with us and then spent a bit of time with Newcastle. So for the people that don't know, was that just a, your contract came to an end and you needed more opportunities so Newcastle reached out and then Adelaide came about like can you give us a bit of clarity on that yeah so it was a journey and it was a bit of a roller coaster um so as a young boy I was lucky enough to be in the youth team when Joseph Gombau was the coach here and um yeah it was it was a wonderful coach with a a really good tactical understanding of football and I learned so much from him and was fortunate enough to get a few opportunities with the first team yeah um at the conclusion of that season I could no longer be a youth team player so I was required to uh, be elevated as a as a senior because you're too player. old to be a youth league player. Too old is that to right? be a youth yep. league player. Yep. Uh, wasn't uh, there wasn't a spot for me. Yep. Um, so yeah, I looked around for opportunities, but there wasn't anything in the A League. So I actually ended up going back to the NPL, um, playing a season with West Torrens Bacala, and um, yeah, that just enabled me to play a lot of games, enjoy my football, and rediscover myself. Um, and then at the conclusion of that season, I was very fortunate to get the opportunity to go be an injury replacement player at Newcastle Jets, where I was there for one season. And at the conclusion of that, then, yeah, I was very happy to get asked to come back to Adelaide. And um, I think I've been here for the last seven seasons now and um, really enjoying it and, um, yeah, finding myself and trying to be a better person every day and take the club forward in um, any possible way. Not everybody has um, a journey like yours. Some people, it's pretty straightforward. You go straight from the youth setup and you're playing first-team football. I mean, you look at some of the players in our team now with, with Nesta and, and Luca and Louis, who's the youngest player to tick off 100 games. But are you grateful for the experience that you've had to teach you a little bit about resilience and have that mentality of um, if things don't go your way, not to just pack it all in and give up because everything in life's an opportunity? 100%. And... I think even since I've come back to Adelaide, I've had many challenges and um, difficult moments where you uh, have to change the way you think and develop as a person and, like you said, learn from those experiences. So I definitely wouldn't change it because I believe I wouldn't be the footballer I am or the person I am today without going through those challenges. And, um, yeah, I just try to embrace them. Of course, it gets challenging at times and you you do question yourself, but... um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't change the path I've had and very grateful for it. And now uh, it enables me to go out every single day and appreciate what I do. You're definitely a leader of the football club, which we love. Um, does that mean you feel comfortable now, like Craig has had to evolve, to, to get around to some of the younger boys and have a, a strong voice in that change room? Yeah, I'll try to. Um, once again, like Craig does, I try to lead by example, by my actions. Um, but yeah, if the, if the time's there, I, I definitely do try to have conversations with people and find out how they're feeling and um, why certain things might be happening and then how I can improve as a leader and then how as a team we can move forward. So uh, I think, yeah, as I've gained uh, a bit more responsibility within the group, I've definitely begun to feel more comfortable and and definitely have that team-first approach. Let's talk uh, a little bit about the off-field stuff. So first of all, you're a new father with young George, which is an outstanding achievement. Um... We all go through, uh, as parents, um, the nerves and anxiety where everything sounds cliche prior to it, but you just want a healthy kid, which is absolutely outstanding. So um, how's everything going with fatherhood and how has that changed your approach to football? 
yeah, it's it's a magical feeling. Um, I'm loving every moment of it. Once again, of course, it has its challenges, but um, it allows us to to grow as a as a marriage, my my wife and I, and um, do what's best for George and try to give him the best opportunity that we can. And um, we're just embracing all those moments and and really enjoying it. And um, there's there's no better feeling than becoming a father. Um, I think I described at the awards night. I feel very fortunate in able to do a job which I love and. Um, gives me fulfillment but becoming a father has given me a greater purpose which I didn't think was possible and something I'm very grateful for. Can I ask a really personal question because I've got two daughters so what I've been told about boys is that as soon as you take their nappy off to change it they just wee? Is that a thing they just they literally turn into a bubbler? Not every time but he has caught me off guard a few times <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah that's just one of those things um, yeah he, he's honestly he's, he's a great little boy and um, he just hit five kilos yesterday so yep. Hopefully he continues to sleep well and, um, yeah, when I take the nappies off, keep everything in. We love that. Now, you're also a, a wine drinker and I know that Goody is as well. When are you able to enjoy a glass of wine? I mean, do, do you allow yourself to kind of switch off during the season to do the things you love responsibly? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I'm a proud McLaren Vale boy, so like to enjoy the local produce um, and Having Carl as a coach, um, one thing he's definitely brought to the table is having that work-life balance. And it's just about doing every, everything at the right times and, and appropriately. So, um, yeah, whenever we get the chance, I do like to have a glass of red wine throughout the season. Um, and it just, I suppose, yeah, just that's me as a person. And then, although I commit everything to football, it's important when I go away from football that I have other, other interests, other hobbies and other things that I focus on. It's not all the time football, football, because I found... As a person myself, I get better performances um, when I'm able to switch off and then switch back on. Okay, so I'm gonna I want to talk about some of those other interests in a moment, but I'm I'm taking my wife down to McLaren Vale for Mother's Day. Yes. Um, so tell me where I should go because I've got a couple of little cheeky places I like in McLaren Vale, but I want to go somewhere and say Ryan Kiddo told me to go there. Yeah. Uh, my definite favourite in McLarenville is a place. Oh, it's actually in Wollonga. It's on Main Road um, between McLarenville and Wollonga. It's called Vineyard Botten. Right. Um, so it's a little Italian family and their wine's magnificent and their food's fantastic as well. So I'd definitely recommend that one. Oh, maybe I can book a lunch there. That sounds amazing. Um, so you said other hobbies and interests. What are some of those things that you get into? Yeah, so I suppose because of my journey to becoming a footballer, I've always had to have a plan B and I feel very fortunate in that I have a passion in uh, helping young people and therefore just started to pursue a career as a teacher. Um, so I do a number of opportunities. I have, a, through my football, gained a number of opportunities where I, um, I suppose, get to put those skills into practice. So I do a lot of work with Cedar College as a learning assistant um, through 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 the year. You basically were Stephen Hall's teacher. Yeah, <laughs> not not full on his teacher, but yeah. I was in and amongst the classroom yes. with him and, and helping me out. We got another young boy as well, Jake Porter, who's in the youth team down at the Hallett Cove class. So there's a few boys floating around. Um, but yeah, just go in there and. I suppose, run a practical session every now and again, which they enjoy, but also have that one-on-one support um, where where required. So do that, and I also am fortunate to coach at Scotch College as well, so um, do that in the afternoon. So very busy off the field, um, but like I said, I like to have other interests and other things to focus on because it definitely brings the best out of me. I want to ask you a question before we we focus on Central Coast. Um, I observed... At the end of the Wellington game, Craig Goodwin swapped his shirt with uh, the striker from uh, Wellington. What's his What's his name? 
Zawada. Yeah, Zawada. Zawada. Yeah, and also Javi Lopez swapped his shirt. Yeah. Do you think we, as a footballing country here in Australia, actually appreciate the fact that we have someone of Javi Lopez's caliber and quality playing in our league? The the question could be asked for so many players. You you look at Diamante at Western United. I even want to use the example of Milos Ninkovic because he's an outstanding player. do you think sometimes we don't understand the significance of these players where they can't walk down their version of Rundle Moore without someone stopping and asking for a photograph? Yeah, um, we're so lucky to have Javi, uh, not just as a player but as a person. And the experience that he brings to our group is invaluable. And I'm sure the change of lifestyle for him has been refreshing. I know he, him and his family um, have a very good relationship with One Day's family as well, and mm. they and they love Australia. So, um, yeah, we're so fortunate to have him. He's such a wonderful person, a wonderful player, and uh, I admire him because, what is he, 36, 37 yeah, yeah. now? He's, you know, he still trains so hard. Of course, he has to manage his body, and um, that's good for the young players to see as well that um, sometimes you do have to take that rest. But I tell you, when he crosses that white line and game day comes, there's no other person you want to go on the pitch with. And and one day's in the same category, and so is Issa as well. Exactly. And do yourself a favour if um, you don't know too much about Javi Lopez and you're listening for the very first time. It's a simple Google image search. Just write Javi Lopez Ronaldo or Javi Lopez Messi. You can see him playing against the best players in the world. It's it's insane. Um, kiddo... Uh, Central Coast, when we played them a couple of weeks ago, they played out of their skin, and I don't think we played very well, to be fair, which I think gives us a bit of an advantage because they pumped us, but we have so much room for improvement. So what did you learn about them and us going into the match on Saturday? Yeah, um, we learned a lot. Um, Firstly, we don't match their effort and intensity, the damage they can do to us. Um, and also if we're not switched on in every moment of the game and we're not keeping those distances between our line, between our back four and our and our front three, then the spaces open up and they can exploit that. So um, tomorrow night we're just going to have to have a disciplined uh, performance where we control the game not only with the ball but without the ball and hopefully limit the spaces um, that their front four can get into to um, cause problems for us. I also feel like we have a lot more options now. So when we when we played them in the, the final round of the home and away season, um, Johnny was starting, Luca was starting. We had a really young um, front three, and that's that's um, something that Carl wanted to try. And George came off the bench. Then you look at the game against Wellington. George started, and Hiroshi came off the bench. I feel like we have options where um, the team sheet is going to be highly sought after on Saturday night to see what Carl does when it comes to selection. Um, having the luxury of having those players fit and ready to go, I'm sure gives you a bit of confidence too. Definitely, uh, I don't envy Carl's. Uh, decisions that he needs to make um, going into this game because there's obviously going to be a tough few tough calls because um, we have 24 players who all want to be involved and uh, who are all putting their best foot forward. So, um, yeah, he's going to have to make a couple of tough decisions, but I'm sure no matter what this time of year, it's that team-first approach and everyone, whatever their role, is going to accept it and come out and do the best they can, whether that's for one minute or if that's for 95 minutes. I feel like we had to go through that um, that loss at the end of the season to really understand where we're at and the significance of, especially this weekend. I wanted to use the example of Nesta, who's now getting more minutes, but um, Jacob Farrell, one of the, the young Mariners players, he, he knew that he was getting under Nesta's skin. And I think, again, I'm just sitting in the cheap seats here. I think we then, that was a point where I looked at Nesta, I'm like, he's a kid. 
where this person was being a bit physical and Nesta wanted to go out and do his best and probably had the, the better of him taken by Jacob Farrell. Um, I liked watching the end of that game and seeing Ben Halloran get around him and yourself. I feel that he's going to be more mentally prepared tomorrow night to know what to expect now, which is only going to mean better things because his response against Wellington setting up that pen for Goody was outstanding. Yeah, definitely. And Nesta has come along a long way this season from where he was at the start of the year. Um, his development as a person, his understanding of being professional, and I think we all will talk about the goal contribution with the the assist for Goody to win the penalty, but his first action when he came on against Wellington was him sprinting back 40 metres and winning a header. Yep. And that's what's added to Nesta's game, the things he's doing in between, all those things we love to see. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be more prepared. He's going to be ready. Um, I love having him come on because not only does he give the crowd energy, but he gives us energy because yep. you just know he can create something from nothing. Um, we're very lucky to have him. He's, a, he's, he's really is a weapon, but in the same breath, I don't want to put pressure on him. I just want him to go out, enjoy his football and and do whatever he can. The fans have been pretty special this year, mate. I, I keep saying that I feel like we've held the, the A-League up when it comes to consistent turnouts. Rain, ridiculous heat, wind, um, they've been outstanding. So I'm sure that gives you guys a bit of a lift too. It definitely does. Um, it's a nice feeling to be coming to the game and confidently feel like there's going to be at least 10,000 people here because 10,000 people at Cooper Stadium is an amazing atmosphere and um, I can't stress it enough. It gives us so much energy. Um, we need, Carl always says it, you know, bring the fans into the game and that's by us playing positively and with high energy and if we can do that and get them with us, it really does give us that extra lift. Are you as glad as me that the sun has gone behind the clouds? Because I'm sweating and it's supposed to be like autumn, but it's warm out here. Not only sweating, Jared, but um, my skin doesn't take too well to the sun oh, no. and I get sunburned quite quickly. So. Oh, no. Okay, well, I'm going to get you out of the sun. <laughs> One more question. Um, a lot of your teammates get pregame haircuts. Is this something that you do or are you completely against it? Because I feel like it's a, just a ritual where the boys need to go get a fresh cut for the game, but you seem like a real kind of woodcutting guy that's like, you know what, I don't need a haircut to play good football yeah I feel like I go too far the other way maybe I should take a little bit more pride and care in myself but um I just yeah I suppose all the boys have their little things they like to do and they like to feel good they say what do they say feel good look good feel good play good um but for me I just think you no, just play good. no matter what I just go out there I, I think over time as well like I said as I've learned to switch off away from football it's also me I used to be very strict in the routine and the way I did things before football and then it made me, if I didn't do anything perfect, I was already worrying about before the game started. So now I just literally like to do whatever I feel like doing um, and just embrace any situation because then I think I'm best prepared because it doesn't matter if I haven't done this to a tee. Um, I feel mentally that I'm ready to play. You scored the one goal that we scored against the Mariners a couple of weeks ago. Is it really challenging not to celebrate a goal when we're down by so much? Because you never know when your next one is going to be there. Because me, I'd want to do a backflip and stuff, but then we're like, we're 4-0 down. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was positive that we kept pushing and yeah. kept trying to score, but obviously at four 0 it's a little bit deflating and it's not really the right situation no. to be celebrating. But um, I suppose it was good that we did play to the end, and we've always done that under Cole. The amount of late minute equalizers yeah. or winners Viet we time. have scored, yeah, via time. So I suppose it's good to still see that we can do that, although it wasn't the ideal outcome that we wanted in that game. Let's hope we uh, make amends and absolutely smash the Mariners this weekend and go over to Gosford and deflate those tomato sauce bottles. That will be outstanding. Mate, congratulations on an outstanding season. Your milestone this year as well, which has been brilliant. And um, 
Hopefully, we get to speak to you again in the lead up, and then maybe, who knows, everything going our way, we might be having a conversation about a trip to Sydney. So we'll find out very soon, but I appreciate your time on the pitch, mate. Thank you, Jared, and thanks for all your work you do for the club. We love you, mate. Thank you, bro.